Hey guys, if you enjoy this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you use. We've been getting a ton of new subscribers, and I just wanted to say thank you so much. We also have a huge Halloween special coming up, and you do not want to miss that. So hit that subscribe button and enjoy the episode. One late Thursday in October 1929, irrational exuberance in our markets caused our great nation to plunge headfirst into its worst economic downfall in its history. From the rubble rose massive unemployment, chaos, and turmoil not even a Wuhan bat could match. However, not everyone decided to be stomped down by the mighty boot of the markets. I'm talking about those entrepreneurs out there whose life model can be summed up by American hip-hop artist and owner of 25 gas station wing stops, the big boss Ricky Ross. Every day I'm hustling. If you also want to hustle, just knock three times, entering a hidden speakeasy where five men will attempt to cash out an insurance policy by killing one of their bar patrons. But as these greasy-haired, top-hat gangsters soon learned, their diabolical scheme would kill anybody except the unkillable Iron Mike Malloy. Well, welcome to Talk Murder to Me. Happy Sunday, y'all. Happy Sunday. It's really starting to feel more and more like fall. Yes. It's beautiful weather outside. <gasps> Yesterday, I um, actually felt motivated enough to go out and do some yard work. Nice. What'd you do? Um, I cut my hedges. Nice. Yeah. They were starting to get a little overgrown, so I wanted to even them out, and I don't think I did a great job. I usually do that in That's the shower. Right. right. <laughs> The tree looks taller in the grass than it does in the bush. Right. So, <laughs> so I I don't know if I did it correctly because I started with the the you know the how I have that tree like mm-hmm. the little tree that are kind of look kind of crazy, and I just don't know if I cut the the branches if it's gonna like break the tree meaning like. If the if the leaves will grow back, it just doesn't look good. So yeah, I stopped. It'll probably grow back, but the hedges look okay. And then I just need to rake my yard because my motivation only lasted about fifteen minutes. Surprise shots! Surprise shots! We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Yeah, it's, this is whiskey. No, this is scotch, I think. Cheers. No, this is whiskey. Well, scotch is whiskey, but. I feel like I'm in Westworld. It was actually Ugh. cognac. Oh. Westworld season one and season two, not season three. That bullshit that they call Westworld season three. Yeah. I mean, I, I do want to watch it, but I'm in no rush to get through it. That's how I feel about the the last spinoff season of Scrubs. Ugh. It's yes. a waste of time. That shot was pretty well picked for the story tonight. Thank you. And um, totally intentional. All right. So tonight we have a great story. I don't think you've heard of this story before. And I actually found this in a pretty old newspaper. But I think you guys will really like this story. My motivation was we were watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Neil deGrasse Tyson came on. I told you that. I'm glad you got to that episode. Mm -hmm. I told you he was on. 
And so we're going to his hometown tonight. Do you want to guess where that is? Uh, New York. What part of New York? Brooklyn? Nope. Can I say Topeka, Kansas? <laughs> I have no idea. So I just, that's just the one thing that's stuck out in my head, even though I know it's not right. So this is a crazy story that you guys have not heard anywhere else tonight. We are going to the Bronx. Oh, that's where JLo's from, I think. Yeah, the Bronx. Oh, Don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. I'm still, I'm still Jenny from, from the, the block. block. Used to have a little, now I have a lot. I don't. <laughs> we still do not have a lot. <laughs> Jenny from the block. So I got a great story for you guys tonight. We're starting off in a hotel room in the Bronx. Ooh. And the Bronx is in... New York. New York. There mm-hmm. you go. It's one of the boroughs, the five mm-hmm. boroughs of yeah. New York City. And this is Depression Era Bronx. Hmm. 1932 is where we're going to tonight. Okay. And it's a small little hotel room, one of those pay by the hours types of things. Now, this is during the Great Depression, so everyone is freaking broke. So five guys rent a hotel room. And then they started a burger business? What? <laughs> Five Guys. Oh, Burgers are they from fives? the Bronx? Uh, no. no. She's, oh, Five Guys, yeah. I yeah. got it. I, actually, I picked up what you put down. Thanks. That actually sounds amazing, even though I'm trying to eat healthy. Go on. <laughs> All right. Five Guys in a Bronx hotel room. What could go wrong here? Now, this is the Great Depression. This is 1932, and they all rent the room. They don't need it the whole night, but one of the patrons there with them is going to become the victim. Now, he doesn't know this yet, but they all get sloshed, drunk, sauced out their mind. Sauced, right? Yeah, I like that term for getting drunk. I did too. I tried to spell it, but it's coming up where it's not spelled right. S-O-U-C-E-D. No, that's soused. How do you spell sauced? S-A-U-C-E-D. No. Yes. That's not the drunk sauce. Yes, it is. It's the same sauced. Is it? You're yep. confusing sloshed I, no, and no, sauce. No, 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 no. I, can, I will bet you. How much? Because I saw How it much? in a book. Um, I, I'll bet you. How much? Five guys. Burgers and fries. Deal. <clears throat> Look at the screen, please. Number Soused? two. Drunk. All right. Well, I owe you dinner. Oh, so. shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My favorite catchphrase. I really did not think that that was correct. No, me either. Shit. Well, I shit. was willing to bet another calls me <laughs> Glad we didn't. For the microphone in our audiences, can you say that I'm right? And John you guys are wrong? is right and I am wrong. I can't believe that. But damn. Five guys in a hotel room in the Bronx and they are sauced. Literally drunk out of their mind. Now, one of these guys is the victim and he is about to die. This is his last day on planet Earth. Mm, That's sad. He gets completely inebriated in this hotel room. Now, the other guys, they get the grand idea. Well, this man is laying on the bed. They're going to kill him. Oh, that escalated quickly. So what they do back in the day, it's not like this now, but they had gas heaters Mm -hmm. in hotel rooms Mm -hmm. obviously it's all electric now but the gas they do a lot of up north gas is much more common oh okay 
Or some fancy hotel rooms up north, you have a fireplace and like the fancy suites. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How many of you, those have you been in? Zero because I'm poor. So this guy is on the bed and he is blacked out. The other guys, they get a great idea. We're going to kill him. And how they do that is totally. they take the gas pipe out of the heater, the gas heater. Mm-hmm. They shove it into his mouth hole and they take a a towel from the bathroom and they wrap it around his face. So they're putting gas into his body. Yes. Carbon monoxide straight into his body. Oh. Now, it takes them 15 minutes to die. They put the gas jet over his mouth, wrapped a towel over his face this is to prevent the gas from coming back out turned it on and his skin actually turns pink Ooh. now the official like you're cooking it yeah so and there is a photo of this oh. but this is during the 30s so it's really kind of hard to see but i also, will put it's it black and white right it's black and white yeah but if you're listening to this and you want to see the photos be sure to go to talkmurder.com and i'm putting the blog post up there with all the photos of this story and be sure to leave me a comment and tell me how great I am. All right. The victim skin. I mean, if you want, you can put a comment about Nicole and I as well, but we're also. (laughs) The official cause of death is low bar pneumonia. His skin turned bright pink. Just on his face or everywhere? Everywhere. Everywhere. His Mm. complete skin turns pink. Now, this is the photo from the newspaper at the time. I did dig up a old. Yes. Drawing. Excuse me. I did (laughs) dig up. Wow. Those are preliminary (laughs) photographs. (laughs) Yikes. So I did find the illustration of this. And this is what you're looking at now. Can you describe this for the audience? Well, some guy is in a bed um, and he's like slumped in his bed and it looks like they've got like a feeding tube mm-hmm. in his mouth coming from a lantern yeah yeah and the guy who's doing it yeah. has like a top hat trench coat yeah i said heater but yeah now that i'm seeing this picture it is a lantern so i guess a gas lantern yeah, that yeah. Would, that's how they work the lights yeah I, it didn't actually say it just said the gas jet so i assumed it go. was a heater but now that i'm looking at this picture then it must be a lantern I mean, when you said it first, gas heater, I was thinking maybe that they cut the pipe and then tried to light him on fire. Like that with the probably would have been an easier way to kill him. Yeah. I mean, also everyone else in the hotel. Yeah, true. This is the body right here. Can you describe this for the audience? This is a, an actual photo of the body. And yes, it is black and white. This is during the 30s. So it's kind of hard to see. Well, but you, you can't really see. All you can see is the outline of his head under the blanket or towel yeah he's on a stretcher i'm assuming yeah and, and he's got a blanket over the top half of his yeah body. i mean this is the 30s you're not going to get high definition photos but this is the actual death photo the victim the one who got the gas pumped into his lung hole his name is michael malloy <laughs> i don't think a lung hole is a thing also <laughs> <laughs> you mean mouth hole <laughs> <laughs> no, there's got to be a lung hole. No. I mean, you have well, how does like, the oxygen go it's in? Your esophagus, which is a connected. hole. No, no, the there's esophagus isn't connected to the lungs. That's it's connected to the stomach. Yeah, Nicole. All right, the trachea. <laughs> the trachea. You're, okay. You're great at geography, but you suck I've at anatomy. I've never taken anatomy ever. So, no, well, not here, even in high school. Mm-mm. So there's no actual picture of Michael Malloy, but we do know that he's 40 years old. He was once a stationary engineer, but he is now, and this is stationary engineer, someone that designs letter paper. 
I'm pretty sure that's not what it is. But now, and this is a quote directly from the newspapers, he is now a human derelict. Oh, end quote. That's not good. He is always bumming drinks at the bar. He has no family, friends or relatives. The bartender, you know what? And the owner literally hate this guy. Mm. People, I, I was never one of those people who could get free drinks from other people. Me out. either. Like, I never understood how that worked. Well, number one, like, you have to be... Oh, this is going to... Okay, I'm not going to say it, because the way I was going to say it sounds really bad, but it's not meant at you. I'm just saying. I feel like you have to be, like, mysterious and, like, very attractive and slim and, like... I get drinks all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the, everything that I am not is what you need to get. Like, By dudes, though. But there are... I mean, I feel like there are some people, like, they just know exactly what to do and how to do it and be like, I mean, I went even before, way before John and I even met and when I, when I went on my, like, dating, I'm going to go on Match.com, mm -hmm. even then when it was like, okay, we're going on a date and meeting in person, I paid for my fucking shit. Yeah, I what usually, I usually no. go, well, I haven't been on a date in literally over, like, three years since that one date that I went on the first week. Yeah, that, that dude New was Year's. creepy no, as fuck. New Year's was a date. Oh, yeah. I that guy was about that. creepy, though. Which one? Both of them. New They're Year's. both creepy. According to the San Francisco Examiner, 12th of November, 1933, which is the paper we're using tonight, quote, he was useless to himself or anyone else alive. It's kind of harsh. Oh, my God. It sounds like my kindred spirit. Oh, I thought you were going to say that <laughs> sounds like the uh, your yearbook quote. Oh, that was fucked. My year... <laughs> My yearbook quote was actually from Senator Tip O'Neill. It was, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. That was my nice. yearbook quote. Mm -hmm. I think I used a John Mayer quote. So I'm putting this newspaper as a PDF. It's like a one pager and I want to get it printed out, but I'm going to put this on talkmore.com. It's fantastic. Anyway, the title says New York's most fantastic murder. Five times the ghoulish plotters tried to kill the homeless bum, Michael Malloy, whose life they had insured, but he survived every deadly scheme until they put a gas tube in his mouth and held him until he died. All right, let's talk about the killers, the conspirators. There's five killers in total. The fourth man was Daniel Kreisberg, a fruit dealer. That sounds intense. Who's... <laughs> Like, is that the same thing as, like, a produce clerk? Or, like, he was, like, a dealer? Like, oh, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm, hey you I've got, got any more of those? You got, any more, got, those, got any more of those kiwis? Uh, those mango yogurts? I've been called a fruit dealer. The fourth man was Daniel Kreisberg, a fruit dealer, whose chief useful usefulness was that he was afraid of and ready to obey Tough Tony, Bastone, <laughs> Tough the Tony. fifth member, a gangster who was bumped off not long ago in pursuit of his trade. <laughs> So Tough Tony was bumped off. So here's some photos of the conspirators. This is Daniel Kreisberg. Can you describe him? It looks like he has a black eye. Oh, he um, does, yeah. Yeah, it looks like he hasn't slept in months. Or he's or, like emo or something. Um, he's got a pompadour haircut, um, gaunt face, sunken eyes. Looks like he hasn't slept. He's also a fruit dealer. But it's also interesting because he looks Italian, but Kreisberg is a Jewish name. This is Joseph Murphy, the bartender. That's Irish name. Yeah. This is the bar owner, Anthony Marino. That's definitely He's an Italian. Italian name. He is the gang leader and the speakeasy owner. Well, he obviously. looks scary, honestly. Yeah. Is, that a, is that a cut on his lip? 
going down. It looks like he has scars all over his yeah. face. And really unfortunate bangs. Yeah. This guy with the great eyes is Frank Pascal. He's the Undertaker. He's 24 years old. Pasqua. He, he does He does have really nice eyes. He's pretty. Mm. Even for the 30s. All right. So let me talk about the plan here. And this actually happened a lot during the Great Depression. But not really like this. This happens a lot today, I feel like. Uh, it's not it's as common. Fraud. Yeah, insurance fraud. This is an insurance fraud case. But instead of burning down your bagel shop, they decide to kill the patron, Michael Malloy, who always comes in and bums drinks from them anyway. Now, the four guys you just saw, they're in cahoots with each other. They see Michael Malloy coming in all the time, bumming drinks, and they're like, you know what? We should take out an insurance policy on this guy and then kill him with liquor. Since he's going to bum drinks anyway, we're going to get him drunk and alcohol poisoned, and then we'll cash out the insurance policy on him. I feel like it would be really weird for five adult men with no relation to him to have an insurance policy on somebody. But well, That's a great point. So what they did was one of the guys pretended to be Michael Malloy's brother. Uh, and in fact, okay. they tried it the first time. They coached Michael Malloy to go and tell the insurance company that he wants to be insured. But since he's a drunkard and he doesn't know what's going on, he kind of failed. And they coached him with free liquor. They're like, hey, if you go get an insurance policy on yourself, then we'll give you free liquor for life. And so he did, but he failed. Oh, sounds easy enough, though. He accidentally told the insurance company that he did not want to be insured. Now, keep in mind, he's drunk all the time. So they tried again, but now they changed his name from Malloy to Mallory. And they also got one of the conspirators to pretend that he is Michael's brother and how insurance deaths worked at this time since there was no driver's licenses or anything and no one carried their social security card. I don't even think there was one. What they would do is carry an insurance card in their pocket and it would say, okay, my next of kin is yada, yada, yada. And since there's no really good way to tell if someone's making it up, they just kind of took it at faith. Mm. And that's why these schemes were so rampant in the day, because they couldn't really prove or who was disprove related to who, or... who, or who was related to who, who wasn't related to who. So one of the guys pretended to be Michael Mallory's brother, and they were going to kill him with a drink and then cash out the policy. So... I mean, you might as well use something that he's already using already. Yep. This time, they succeeded in getting him written up for a total of $1,788 payable to Murphy, the bartender. Hey, you know, I'd do something for that sum as well. Yeah, that's a lot. And think, but back then, that must have been a shit ton of money. Probably at least a quarter of a million dollars. I mean, it's not literally a quarter of a million dollars, but equi equitable. No, around that time, it was estimated $1,788 in today's money was about $26,713.34. All right, so like 10 times. <laughs> I just literally Less. blew it up. Like <laughs> 10, 10 times the amount. Malloy may have thought this would mean many free drinks from his bartender friend. Hmm. So he didn't actually put two and too. two together. I'd or, be like, hell yeah, man. He didn't actually put two and two together or even care that they were trying to 
take out a policy on him. He didn't even think about it. He's just a drunkard. Scotch, scotch, scotch. Scotch in my belly. But the bartender, Murphy, he pretended to be Michael Malloy, which is now Michael Mallory's brother. So the first plan was they're going to give Michael Malloy what he really wants anyway. They were going which to Which is alcohol. Make, mm. They were going to give him an unlimited supply of all the liquor he can drink. And they were hoping he would thing. get alcohol poisoning and die. And that's not what happened. I feel like they are underestimating the Irish. Yeah. For I real. don't think Irish people can die of alcohol poisoning. I mean, I haven't died of alcohol poisoning. I don't even think yeah. I've gotten alcohol poisoning in my life. No. I have not blacked out either. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I blacked out. I've blacked out many a times. Yeah, that's how we met. Oh, that's been more of an insult to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> According to the testimony, the conspirators started in at once on the drinking to death process in which the victim cooperated. They plied him with drinks. In a little while, the happy old soak was in a deep alcoholic coma. So this guy is in a freaking coma. Oh, my God. An alcoholic coma. They thought he was dead. Well, so he stumbles out the bar. Actually, they throw him out the bar, the speakeasy. Mm-hmm. He's on the street. They throw him out the speakeasy, and he kind of just plops right on the ground, and and the bartender and the owner, they close up shop, and they don't see him there. They think maybe the morgue. The uh, paddy wagon has came and got him, and he's dead. So now they're going to go cash out the insurance policy. Paddy wagon. Anyway, the next day, around dinner time, guess who they see? Quote from the paper, the San Francisco Examiner, thirstier than ever. Hair of the dog, man. I think it's interesting that this story made it all the way to San Francisco. Yeah, it's like big news there. They tried night after night. They would start with gin and then increase the level of alcohol until they eventually got to 150 proof alcohol, which he actually preferred. They also used wood alcohol, which is not consumable by humans. It's denatured alcohol. It doesn't even taste like alcohol. What does it taste like? And if you take two shots, a normal human would die. How many shots did he have? He was drinking that and wanting more and more and more. Like it didn't even matter to him. This guy had a lead stomach. So if I took one shot of that, I would not die. So this insurance plot was becoming more and more expensive because now they're spending all this money on extra alcohol to try to get this guy drunk. And and it's not even paying out. I would imagine in a prohibition era, alcohol is very expensive because of the illegality of it. Exactly. So all in all, they're going to make $27,000. But this plot plot alone has probably already cost a couple thousand Mm. because they try this night after night after night after night and they could and it does not work. They cannot get this guy to die from alcohol. This right here is an illustration from the San Francisco Examiner. It shows Michael Malloy there at the bar and he's getting shots poured of wood grain alcohol. If you want to read this caption. In the hope he would drink himself to death, Michael Malloy was given all the bad whiskey he could drink, but he thrived on it. Next, they tried to give him expired oysters. Oof. And what they would do is they would soak them in this wood alcohol, 
and he would just slurp them down. So you love oysters. I I don't think I do. I think I've had oysters maybe once or twice in my life. Fry, like raw or I've tried them fried. I know I don't like them fried. Really, mm-hmm. they remind me of like, cl- you know, clams. I don't know. I just clams, I just know? feel like you're eating the ocean. And do you like fried clams? Like, do you like fried? Um, fried clams are not my favorite. I I like fried shrimp. Um, okay, fish and chips I can do, and sometimes scallops, sea scallops. Okay, but I like the bay scallops better actually because they're smaller. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next experiment was a plate of oysters soaked in wood alcohol and specifically prepared sardines. Usually sardines come with the can outside, but in this case, the can had been filled into tiny bits and sprinkled over the little fish. Malloy ate them without noticing the metal fillings, probably because he wolfed them down without chewing. Again, no results. The man seemed to thrive on this sort of thing. They cut up this metal can and put the shavings of this metal can in the sardines, and he just wolfed them down, and he was wanting more. Oh, another thing you won't see me eat is sardines. No. They're like whole little fish. No sardines. Anchovies in Caesar dressing. Mm, I don't like anchovies in Caesar dressing. Well, I, I just bet don't. you can't taste it. If No, I, I can taste the difference. <clears throat> if y'all haven't figured it out already, I don't eat seafood. This is the illustration from that, if you want to read this subheadline. Then he was fed oysters pickled in wood alcohol and sardines sprinkled with powdered tin, and he never even got indigestion. All right. So they're like, holy shit, this guy is not dying, and we're spending a lot of money on this. Why won't you die? That's when Tough Tony had his inspiration. You know what, guys? There's a lot of people during this Great Depression that are dying because they don't have anywhere to go. They're dying outside because it's February in the Bronx and it's freezing. It's snowing and people die because they can't get warm enough and they die of hypothermia. So let's just freeze this asshole to death. Perfect plan. First, allowing Malloy to drink himself into a stupor, they dragged him to a taxi, dumped him on a bench in Cratona Park in New York's Bronx, half-stripped him, poured water on him, and left him to freeze to death. So they are trying to make him to a human icicle. Mm. Exactly. Mr. Freeze. Now, this idea is actually pretty great because there's two main <laughs> benefits. Number one is that the undertaker... Who they're in cahoots with, you know, the guy with good eyes, Frank mm-hmm. Pacal. Mm-hmm. They're in cahoots with him because he's the one that signs the death warrant. Right. But that's only if the guy was to die of, you know, drinking too much in the bar. If he dies of pneumonia out on the street, it may be another undertaker right. that signs it. So this guy can be cut out altogether. Mm. So more money for the more other money four. for the four. So they're trying to cut out the undertaker. Frank Pacal with this method. Also, it's still a natural death. A lot of people die of hypothermia during this time. Yeah. So it's not going to be suspicious if Michael Malloy is frozen over like an icicle because they pour water on him in mid-February in New York on a park bench. The only thing I would think would be suspicious is if it wasn't raining and he was literally like covered in, in ice. Water. Yeah. Or if the ice was yellow and they just peed on him. Right. And he was like a lemonade. Wouldn't pop. that take longer to freeze? I don't know. But this was in February 1932. Icy wind blowing through the Bronx. And they allowed him first to drink himself into a stupor. He actually comes back the next morning 
because they're already celebrating. They're like, ah, this guy is definitely dead. He comes back in the morning demanding more the quote. This is from his mouth. Good liquor. Oh, good liquor. So he's talking about that wood grain. <laughs> that wood grain. Like Paul Wall, wood grain. He was stripped to the waist on a cold night and doused with water so he would freeze to death, but he didn't even catch cold. Next, Tough Tony had another great idea. See, Tough Tony, he's a violent man, and he thrives on violence. That's why they call him Tough Tony. Right. Fair. You know, he knows his violence. So he's like, you know what? This isn't working. And this is when they stop really thinking rationally. Because drinking to death, yeah, that's pretty natural. Freezing outside in the cold, yeah, that's natural. Getting hit by a car and then the car reversing over the body... Uh, I don't know. But that's what he thought would work. He comes up with the idea to hire a taxi driver to run over Michael Malloy when he's slosh drunk and then back over him to make sure he was dead. The solution was to have him hit and killed by an automobile. That would be an accident. And in case of an accidental death, one policy would pay double 1600 on that alone. To make sure of a good job, they would have the car run back over Malloy's body. Now, here's the problem with that. They had to find someone who wants to commit a murder, a taxi driver who is okay with committing a murder. So they had to cut out the undertaker yeah. and then then they added this other person back in. Exactly. Or was, the driver, undercover, yeah. was the undertaker still in at that point as well? Uh, I believe the undertaker was in, but I'm not 100% sure. But at this point, they are getting desperate, as you can see, because they interviewed like a job interview, they interviewed a lot of cab drivers, mm. many of which would eventually testify in court. It says, these guys tried to hire me to run over this poor bloke. The ones that agreed to it, however, would only do it if they got paid more than $500, which is like a lot. That's, I mean, they've that's already, like half the amount that they got. Exactly. The, and they're probably, yeah. they're probably at this point May break just even. Hoping to break even. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they found one. His name was Harry Hershey Green. I feel like everyone has a uh, nickname back then. You know, was Hershey his nickname or was that like his his middle? No, name? No, his nickname was Hershey Green. Twenty four years old. He said, "I'd do it for one hundred and fifty dollars." So all the conspirators were in the car, but they get out because they got to actually hold Michael Malloy. And then they're all just standing there in the road. Oh, we're so drunk, having a great time. And then what they're going to do is they're going to jump out the way as the cab is approaching, hitting Michael Malloy and killing him instantly. While three of the conspirators held the poor sot on his feet, Green backed away and then rushed at the group. Just at that critical moment, a woman poked her head out of a window and they dared not to go through with it. So it didn't work the first time because the old woman poked her head out. So they go to a more secluded alleyway and try the same thing again. And it takes a few times, but it does work. They all jump out the way, leaving Michael Malloy, who was in the middle of the gang, to get run over by the 2,000-pound cab. 
His skull was fractured and he seemed thoroughly dead, but Green, according to orders, backed up to steamroller him a few times. A few times? Oh my gosh, that's excessive. Is this attempt number four? Formal attempt number four? Yeah, this is attempt number four. The next morning, he didn't come into the bar like usual. They thought he was dead, but they thought they would give it a few days to see how it panned out to make sure he was dead. In fact, 30 days go by. One month goes by. And then Michael Malloy comes walking into the bar like nothing has happened. He's got a fresh new pair of blue jeans and everything. He was at the Fordham Hospital and quote from the newspaper in better health than he had known for many years. Plus, he's got a whole new getup. They gave him new clothes and everything. He's ready to get drunk. Oh, my God. (laughs) There was one witness. His name was William Jenkins. He saw the whole thing. He testified in court and got the cab driver, Hershey Green, sent to prison for felonious assault. Hmm. Now, this is the illustration from that. If you want to read the caption. He was held in front of a speeding taxi and twice run over, but he was soon out of the hospital demanding another drink of that good whiskey. If you go back to the first episode, what killed him was the gas in the hotel room. And even that took three times as long as it would kill a regular person. It took 15 minutes of huffing straight carbon monoxide gas into his lung hole until this guy died. I feel like if this would happened in modern day, they would study Michael Malloy's body and see what the hell is this guy made of because right. he is like impenetrable. He's made of pure Irish gold. That's right. The end of the rainbow. The luck of the Irish. So what you're reading now is what the undertaker's job was. Part of his job had been to embalm the remains with a fluid that would make it impossible to prove that Malloy had died by gas poisoning. But Pasqua didn't think there would be any investigation and therefore no need for the bother and sled expense. It was ill-advised economy because after paying the money, the insurance companies became suspicious. Mm. So they should have never tried to kill him in a hotel room because that is murder. I mean, the other things they could have got away with because he just drank too much or he fell asleep outside. But this, they intentionally rented a hotel room. And hooked up gas from a gas lantern into his lung hole. And he's dead. So they didn't really think that the insurance company would check. But they did. And they figured out that these guys killed him. The jig was up for the murderers except Tough Tony. Tough Tony. Whom somebody had bumped off. Bumped off. With a bullet through the heart in front of the speakeasy. At the trial, Green, the taxi driver, turned the state's evidence. So Hershey Green, the cab driver, turned state evidence. He gets complete immunity. And these guys, all four of them, there would be five, but tough Tony, was shot in the heart in front of the speakeasy. Violence was always his thing. He died doing what he loved. (laughs) (laughs) Getting shot? (laughs) So all four of these men ended up in Sing Sing prison on the de- on death row, and they all got executed for this man's murder. This is some more commentary from the defense and to Hershey Green, the cab driver. That's all the value you placed on a human life? $150? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, at the time... Agreed, I, Green. I, I needed money. 
Human life did not have much value to you, suggested the lawyer. No, said Green. Now that your own life is at stake and the price is much higher, queried the attorney. Yes, said Green. And if you're discharged, he's only charged with assault, you would go out and kill again for hire? Mr. Dillon insinuated, and to everyone's astonishment, the taxi driver replied calmly. (laughs) I I might, you know, if I need money. And on their way to Sing Sing's death block, the four hard-boiled prisoners lustily sang, My Gal Sal. All right, so the four men sentenced to death in the county Judge James M. Barrett's court in New York City, and they were put to death because they tried to kill the unkillable Michael Malloy. Except they did kill him. Well, eventually. they did kill him yeah, eventually. At the end of the day, yeah. But that is a story. And yes, that is a 100% true story. Go to talkmar.com if you want to see the photos and... The newspaper that I pulled that from is a very interesting find. I'm glad I found it. Michael Malloy, our new hero. Yes. That is the story for today. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't, because I have some amazing episodes coming up. So be sure to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. My name is John. I'm sitting here with Jen and Nicole. And until next time, good night, you lovely, 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 lovely people.